0: to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. As I prepared for the podcast this week, I put the release date in my notes, and I normally have the song playing in the background as well. And so as I typed out 9-11 in my notes and heard the lyrics from this week's song, Spirit of the Living God by Meredith Andrews, I couldn't help but think that tragic events change the way we see things. But that sight, that vision change, it seems to be temporary, doesn't it? But the Spirit of God can change what we see and what we seek on a permanent basis. Perhaps you've never heard this song before and don't know what I'm talking about. But So let's go ahead and listen to a bit of the song and then we'll talk some more on the other side. Absolutely loved this song since the first time I heard it 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 really resonates with me and I want to change the way I see things you know I'm so flawed and so is my vision I desperately want to see things the way that God sees things, okay? And I want to see what God sees. I'm also moved by the idea of changing what I'm what I'm seeking. You know, the Holy Spirit changes me. He causes me to seek restoration instead of being right. He causes me to seek God's character, who he is, more than his hand, what he can do for me. He causes me to seek his light and forgiveness rather than seeking a dark corner to hide. And we've been learning about biblical worldview at the Christian school where I work, and it's been a wonderful discussion. We've only scratched the surface. We're going to be spending the whole year as a faculty and staff talking about it. You see, everyone has a worldview, a pattern that they filter big ideas through, and and they interpret them through that filter. And God is calling us to have a biblical worldview, like a pair of glasses, you know, like eyeglasses. His word brings things into focus, and He gives us his pattern of living that becomes our standard. So don't look to society, by the way, to determine how to interpret events and big questions of life. There is a whole lot of crazy out there. Sometimes it's obvious folly, like leaders of countries with the power to direct storms. (laughs) Okay. Sometimes it's not as obvious, like encouraging divorce when the, quote, love has gone. You see, just as our song sings about, God's Holy Spirit will change what we see and what we seek. And are we willing to hang on every word and be changed by Him? I read an article where Meredith Andrews talks about how there are very few songs out there that sing about the Spirit of God. And she is so right. And so I'm excited to dive into Scripture with the Holy Spirit in mind. There's no right or wrong way to do this. Um, I've done it one other time specifically about the Holy Spirit in episode 73. We jumped around in scripture to see what we could learn about different characteristics of the Holy Spirit. So if you haven't heard that one, check it out. And this week, however, I'm gonna go ahead and stay in just one book, the book of Galatians. And this is a letter from Paul to the churches of Galatia. And I used several Bible interaction tool exercises this week. I call them bites, and I cannot wait to share a new one with you. I tried something new this week. And so the first bite that will really make a difference for you as you study, and yes, you will be studying, okay? I want you to consider an overview of the book. You're going to need some historical context and and an understanding of the purpose of the letter, the original letter um, from Paul, before we can make further observations and application for our own life. And so there's a few resources that I can mention that may help you in this step. Now, one is if you have a study Bible, there are generally introductions, um, just a few paragraphs before each book. And if you don't have a study Bible, there are online resources that offer the same types of introductions. I like the resources I find at blueletterbible.org for those kinds of introductions and outlines. The one that I wanna recommend this weekend, it's my favorite, is the Bible Project videos. You can find them yourself on YouTube, but I'm going to go ahead and provide the link to the, the video on Galatians in the show notes. And you can find this week's show notes at michellenezat.com forward slash 186. So if you go there, I've taken notes for you and I'm linking out to some of these resources that I'm discussing on the episode. And I also list all the scripture references that I talk about. So you don't have to do that yourself. I've taken notes for you. So if you go and watch the Bible Project video on Galatians, it will give you an audio and visual explanation of this fairly stern letter to the Galatians. I really want you to watch it before you study further now I can't make you stop the podcast and watch it but um, but when you pull it out for yourself and start to study this stuff for yourself I want you to watch it first another bite is to study a topic and of course our topic this week is the Holy Spirit then I'm going to narrow that a bit by studying our topic in the context of one book which is the book of Galatians and then I'm going to introduce a word study in a bit that's another bite but I want to introduce to you a new bite that I tried this week. What I, I listened to a podcast where the author of the Color Method, Lacey Dobryant, was being interviewed about her method of working through Scripture with colored pens in hand. Now she uses eight colors to underline things in her Bible. She uses the color yellow for Father God, red for Jesus, blue for the Holy Spirit, orange for commands, green for righteousness, purple for people brown for places, black for sin, and then she boxes in keywords in pink. And I'm going to go ahead and link to that podcast if you want to hear the story and the background and all of that. But I'll tell you what I did. I went to our marker and pencil stash. I've got kids. And so, you know, you buy new colored pencils every year and new markers every year. I did find um, all the right colors in my colored pencils in all. And so I pulled out a journaling Bible. I have one of those journaling Bibles with the lines on the side that I already mark up and and work through that way anyway. And I, I went to work reading Galatians. Now on the podcast, Lacey mentions that there's a couple of options. You can go ahead and read the whole book with one color in hand or have all of your colors out and mark as you go everything verse by verse. But because I was studying on the on the focusing on the topic of the Holy Spirit, I went ahead and just grabbed the blue pencil and read through the book underlining every reference to the Holy Spirit in blue. Now, all of a sudden, I have this pattern of color popping out on my pages that draws my attention to the areas talking about the Holy Spirit. And I want to stop here and encourage you, write in your Bible, underline important verses, write dates out to the side of when God spoke to you or what he said, put notes in the margin from a good sermon or a podcast, use the color method, interact with God's word. But I know there's a couple of you out there that are going to refuse to do this because it just, it, 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 you can't, you just can't for some reason, mark in your Bible. So print out Galatians from an online Bible and then mark up those pages. Okay, it, it really is meaningful. It really pops out. Then I took out some notebook paper and I wrote down some observations And I think I've referred to this bite before as make a list in previous episodes. A lot of times my lists are me just observing what scripture is saying. And I'm going to call it making observations this week because that's a really good word to use. We're not interpreting at this point. We're not trying to apply God's word to our own circumstances yet. We're just making some observations. I actually do this intuitively and that's how I write the podcast every week to, to talk to you about the topics I'm making observations and then I'm talking about it. But I don't think that we observe enough in our Bible study. We jump right to application and we miss so much or we don't see it right away and get frustrated and then put our Bible away for days and weeks and months or even years. So it, it all takes practice. You know, I'm so much better at studying my Bible since I started my podcast 185 episodes ago I practice every week, and wow, you know, it has made a difference in my study habits and, of course, in my walk with the Lord. My daughter, Meredith, is um, learning how to annotate her in her literature books, and they're making them write in their actual literature books. They're reading some classic books, and they're using color and notes in the margins, just like what I'm talking about today, just like what I'm teaching you, and I asked her how it was going, and she declared with exasperation, I just don't see what she sees, You know, she's referring to her teacher who is insisting that they annotate on every page and teaching them what to look for. How profound is that? You know, I know that you will have your own exasperated moments. I've even had listeners email me that very statement. I don't see what you see. But friend, you will. Keep putting in the work and you will. So what did I see this week? gosh, probably too much to go over now that I've talked so much, but let's at least get started and see how far we can get. So the first place I underlined anything about the Holy Spirit in Galatians was in chapter three. So you'll notice when you, when you mark up your pages, you're gonna be like blank, all white until you get to chapter three, where you'll see a few blue underlines. Um, If you've done the work of under, of understanding the overview of the book, please just watch the nine-minute video. I really mean it. Then you're ready to dive into the individual verses because now you're going to observe it with that historical context. And honestly, if you're not familiar with the argument that's going on in Galatians, it's not going to make a lot of sense because he's talking about some things that are not... He's talking about circumcision. I mean, I, when was the last time you had an argument with someone about circumcision? I mean, I, I've never. So I'm going to go ahead and boil the context all the way down, okay? Okay. The Galatians received the gospel message by faith, and then they were being convinced to add works of the law to the gospel message. That's it in a nutshell. Bad news. So let's go ahead and dive into chapter three, where we see the Holy Spirit first show up. Uh, in verse two, Paul asked a question, let me ask you only this. I love this. Let me ask you this. Did you receive the spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? All right, so by this question, Paul is reminding the reader that they received the Spirit by hearing with faith. That is going to come up again later, by the way. So he's asking questions, these rhetorical questions, where it's obvious what the answer is. It's one of those times where, you know, like a parent is chastising the child. By his third question in verse 3, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? All right. He, he's not offering them two viable solutions, right? He is suggesting a contrast be- between being perfected by the Spirit versus being perfected by the flesh. Huh. Now, that could be a podcast all in itself, but we're just observing here. So let's keep going. Another question of Paul in verse 5, does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Okay, now this implies an answer. First, it's saying God supplies the Spirit. It's saying God works miracles among them. And on what condition? Works of the law or hearing with faith? What's your guess? Hearing with faith. There it is again. Okay, so uh, again, I said it was going to come back up. We're just observing. I want to make some conclusions. but It's hard not to make some conclusions along the way, but I just want to teach you how to make some observations. And sometimes it's just literally rewording what you're seeing or making a list. Verse 14 mentions the Spirit again. In Christ, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised Spirit through faith. All right, so the big idea that I've observed so far, here's a little interpretation, is hearing with faith, all right, hearing with faith alone, not adding anything to it, no works, just faith, And then another big idea that I detect by observing the references to the Holy Spirit in chapter four, we're going to go into those big ideas. So hearing with faith, don't add anything to it. Okay. Um, Chapter four, verse six, because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Here's one big idea. The spirit resides in our hearts. All right, so you can see that from that scripture. Another big idea comes out of using the Bible Interaction Tool exercise of completing a word study. I am not a Greek scholar. Sometimes a simple summary and definition of a Greek word can bring great clarity, and that happens for us this week. Abba is a Greek word. If I go to BibleHub.com and look up Galatians 4, 6, then I click on the word Interlinear, I can click on the word Abba in that verse. It will bring me to the lexicon information for that word. Some of your heads are spinning, I understand. When I click on summary, I will find the definition of that word. Now, if you don't want to go through all that, I have linked to that summary in my show notes. And so, but for those of you who really um, geek out on stuff like that, I want to show you how I'm getting there. Now, I find that the word Abba is another word for father. Father. And it is used as the term of tender endearment by a beloved child. It is an affectionate, dependent relationship with their father. It's another word like daddy or papa. Now, you could really chase a rabbit here because I also saw out of the corner of my eye that the word Abba is only mentioned three times in scripture, twice by Paul and once by Jesus Jesus. But for your sake, I'm going to focus right here. I'm going to focus. You can chase it down, though, if you're curious. I hope maybe I've um, encouraged some of you to chase that down. All right, here are the two big ideas. The Spirit resides in our hearts, and our intimacy with the Father comes from the Holy Spirit that resides in us, right? Our, int- our intimacy with the Father does not come from us in our efforts. It is the Spirit that resides in us, crying out, Abba, Father, not from us. Okay, now that sort of indicates a change of what we seek, like in our song, right? So if the Holy Spirit is crying out, it's going to change what we seek, because we're going to cry out for different things than the Holy Spirit is going to cry out for. All right, so I'm following my trail of blue underlines to chapter five, and I discover this in verse five. For through the Spirit, by faith, there's faith again, "we, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. There's faith again. All right, verse 16. I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. All right, so our flesh and our spirit are at war with each other. <laughs> that should not come as a surprise to you. <laughs> Ever feel like you're in a battle in your mind? It's because you are. Spirit against flesh. All right, at this point in the letter, Paul lists out the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. I'm not, I don't have time to go over that today. You can study it yourself. I want you to see the contrast. I find it interesting that the flesh, which is not what we want to be ruled by, has works, works of the flesh, and the Spirit has fruit, which is a byproduct. Does an apple tree work to produce apples? No, it's the fruit of the type of tree it is. Hmm. That's just an observation. Our next reference, verse 25, If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. That's our memory verse. Sometimes I tell you to look at the opposite of something to shed light on what you're investigating. So in this case, I have to ask myself, what does it look to live by what does it look like to live by the spirit? How do I keep in step with the spirit? Paul doesn't specifically tell us, but he does show us what it doesn't look like in the next verse. He says, Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So in other words, we cannot keep in step with the spirit if we are conceited or prideful, boastful. The King James Version says, desiring vain glory. I love that. We cannot keep in step with the Spirit if we are provoking one another. Anyone with siblings knows what that is, right? We cannot keep in step with the Spirit if we are envying one another, becoming bitter and sour because of another person's success. Then finally, in chapter 6, I know I'm going a little bit long today, we see that we have a choice, We can sow to the flesh or we can sow to the Spirit. It says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. So the question I was left with at the end of the day was how can I walk by the Spirit? And that brings us to application. All right, I'm reminded of abiding in Christ and bearing fruit, you know, the fruit of the Spirit. So maybe I can keep in step if I focus more on abiding and less on the fruit. I can't work towards the fruit of the Spirit. That's the fruit of having the Spirit take charge of my life. That, that will naturally come. I'm reminded of John 5, 19. Jesus himself says that he can do nothing by himself. He only does what he sees the Father doing. So maybe I can keep in step with the Spirit if I just do what I see Jesus doing in Scripture. Um, just a thought. I'm just, I'm, I'm just a thought. I know that I can't walk by the Spirit by keeping a set of rules because that's what the Galatians were trying to do. They were trying to implement works of the law, and I see that I must crucify the flesh. <laughs> All right, crucify, not just set aside, not put in a box, not hide, like kill. They, those uh, works of the flesh become my warning flags that at least for that battle, the Spirit was not the victor. Okay, I'm left this week with more questions than answers. I know that. But I know that hearing and faith are a big deal. So I'm committed to staying in God's word so I can continue to hear from Him. And whenever I'm tempted to put God in a box and implement some checklist, I'm reminded of the importance of faith and love, not works. I am comforted and challenged to know that any cry of my heart for intimacy with God comes from the Holy Spirit that dwells in me. So, what's next? Grab your Bible and dive into Galatians. Watch the overview video by the Bible Project. Pick up a blue pen or pencil and underline every reference to the Holy Spirit that you see. Write down your observations in a journal and then identify those big ideas that you begin to see. Allow the Holy Spirit to change what you see and what you seek. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneesat.com. I'm on Facebook and Twitter and we can talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank the premier Christian music streaming service, the overflow.com for pointing their subscribers to this podcast, but more importantly, because they're pointing them to God's word through music. And when you subscribe to their trial, you receive a 10 day series of devotions that I wrote based on some of my most popular podcast episodes. So I encourage you to check them out at the overflow.com. I also want to thank my newest subscribers to my website, like Mary from Texas, Pamela from Texas, Chris from New York, Wole from Nigeria, Christine from California, Steve from Ghana, Elaine from Colorado, and Patty from Texas. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website, you benefit for a few different ways. You'll get an email once a week. Uh, in that email, you get weekly memory verse resources to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop. You can even print them out. You will get an email recap of the week's episode, basically my show notes, and you get instant access to any of the resources that I create from time to time for my episodes. It's just my way of saying Thank you for listening. So head over to com to subscribe today. Now, don't miss an episode of my podcast. You can subscribe directly in iTunes. While you're there, I'd love for you to leave me a written review and a star rating. It's very encouraging to me, but most importantly, it inspires new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using the song Poison Tree by Ghost Ship to jump into scripture. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michelleknizat.com forward slash 186. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.